Good afternoon. This is Richard Shu, host of Shu Untied. Today I'm very pleased to have with me as my guest, Jason Calacanis, who's a serial entrepreneur, a venture capitalist. Uh, he's also a esteemed blogger. He's the founder of Launch Conference. Jason, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Just slight correction there. I am not a venture capitalist. I'm an angel investor. Angel which, investor. Which, as you know, is very, very different. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I've seen you interview so many people, I feel like I'm interviewing the interviewer. Um, you are interviewing the interviewer. I'm actually very interested to not have to come up with the questions. I'm very excited to hear your questions. Very good. Well, let me start by asking you, since you are definitely a serial entrepreneur, what are sort of the two or three things that you always tell entrepreneurs or you think that is the most important thing about being a successful entrepreneur? That's a fantastic question to start us off, Richard. Um, so I can tell you from you know, two or three different angles, um, how I, I think about this. Cause I've been an entrepreneur and I've been an angel and I've been a journalist who interviews investors and, uh, founders. So over the last 20 years, I've really thought about this question of what should you focus on and also what makes a great entrepreneur. So what should you focus on? You really have to have, um, you know, most people would say product market fit. In other words, there are people in the world who really want um, and love your product and being able to study a small group of people using your product and increase the engagement on your product. Um, anybody can get uh, a couple of folks to try a product. Sampling a product is not victory. What you really need is to have people savor the product. People want to use it every day. People being compelled to tell their friends about the product, which is, you know, uh, obviously that's recorded and you can do it scientifically with something called net promoter score, which is that great question. How likely are you to tell your friends about Richard's podcast hmm. on a scale of one to 10? And you do the formula and you can look it up online, net promoter score. So that's what I think most intelligent people would say is most important. You want to make sure you have product market fit. Hmm. Now, um, if you know, which is it's basically product market fits a fancy way of saying customers love your product and they use it. However, I look for something cause I'm so early to the game, right? That's, I believe even more important than product market fit, um, which is uh, founder product fit, which is to say the founder absolutely loves building this product and is obsessed with this product existing in the world. And if the founder isn't obsessed with the product, then you can instantly tell that and they run out of steam when they hit the inevitable uh, roadblocks that every founder faces. Being a founder and building a company sucks nine out of 10 days, perhaps 49 out of 50, perhaps 99 out of 100. It's really hard. Most days you make very little progress. Most days you just have a list of bad news and problems to solve. Um, it's not for the faint of heart. I tell people it's like Jedi work. You know, it's just unrelenting uh, bad news, and you can get your hand cut off. It's it's not easy. So you have to actually love it. And when I see people like Marco at Thumbtack or Travis with Uber or Elon with Tesla, um, these individuals are so obsessive about making their product better and having their product delight customers that. 
I know that they'll never give up because they love the product so much. They love working on it, tinkering with it. And then what happens is a customer comes and they see that enthusiasm that the person has for the product and the craftsmanship, and, and they can't help but being, um, you know, having that enthusiasm transferred to them. Now, you mentioned Uber. I know you were an early investor in Uber. Tell me a little bit about that. Did you Was that something you saw immediately was going to be a good investment? Or tell me a little bit about what it was like uh, when you first looked at that company. Well, um, you know, listen, it's obviously the most successful investment I've ever made, and it will be the most successful investment I ever make in all likelihood. Um, companies like Uber come along once every 10 years, Facebook, Google, Microsoft, uh, Amazon, it's just such a small cohort of companies that can, you know, reach the scale of Uber and the impact it has on the world. So I can take zero credit for what they've done. The only credit I can take uh, is that, you know, for 20 years, I've relentlessly supported my friends and founders and entrepreneurs and just tried to be a good person who supported people. And I started something called Open Angel Forum. And Open Angel Forum was just you know, Chris Saka, Ron Conway, Kevin Rose, uh, Josh Schechter, you know, just a group of people who were angel investing. And, they, you know, back in that time period, you have to remember, there's no angel list. So getting 10 or 15 angel investors together was hard. But Thumbtack and Uber and um, StyleSeat, they all debuted um, their products and services Um to angels at the Open Angel Forum. And I didn't charge them, and we had a rule. The angels um, who came would buy the beer and the burgers, and everybody would get up. And, you know, listen, uh, Travis didn't need to, but he came to that event, and at that event was Cyan Bannister and one of the folks from First Round Capital who wound up doing the series Seed with me and Cyan um, for Uber. And obviously a life-changing event, and I'm blown away, but it's not unexpected because – I had known Travis through his first two companies, Mm. and it was obvious that Travis was indefatigable, driven, and he was the only person on the planet, I believe, that could make Uber successful. How do you compare being an entrepreneur with an angel investor? Obviously, you've done both. Do you enjoy them differently? Do you like one more than the other? Tell me a little bit about that. I vacillate, you know. being a, an entrepreneur is, you know, you got all your eggs in one basket. It's incredibly difficult. Um, you don't sleep at night. You grind your teeth. And your entire life is, you know, dealing with the problems that the most brilliant people you could hire can't solve. Hmm. So when you just think about that premise, I hired a bunch of brilliant people, and they come to me every day with the things they can't figure out. You know, it's, it's, it's hard. So I think, you know, I'm 45 now. I'll be 46 in November. And... You know, I, I kind of think it's a, a young person's game, uh, and you know, once you have a family and you get older and you're a little tired, it's very hard to, I think, maintain the level of energy that you know is requ- required to run these companies at scale. That doesn't mean you can't, but I do think a lot of people choose not to. And so I am actually currently at this time, you know, an accidental angel investor. The only reason I became an angel investor, in fact, I didn't believe in doing it was that roll off both from Sequoia said, I have this crazy idea for the scouts program. Would you be the first Sequoia scout? I said, sure. And he pushed me over the ledge to do it. And, you know, I think five of my first like six or seven deals became, 
you know, hundred most of them became hundred million dollar companies or Decacorn. So I just I did really well early on, and I, I think you know a lot of the companies I've done in the last year or two are going to do very well. It will just take you know, it it takes four or five years to for an angel investor's investments to materialize, right? You got to get to that Series B. It takes three, four, five years, um, two more rounds of funding, and so. It's a good question, you know. I'm, I'm Richard. To be candid, I'm, I'm kind of going through an existential. I wouldn't call it crisis because, you know, picking between being an angel investor and being an entrepreneur and having that level of privilege and, you know, ability and optionality is just a gift. And you know, I'm a kid from Brooklyn who I thought I was going to be a cop. Now, with all the companies that you have invested, in, I see you have a very long list. How do you keep track of all these companies? How do you? How, how, you obviously can't. I mean, how do you spend time with them? How do you prioritize? I mean, there's a, it's a lot of companies. How, how do you? How do you spend time with all these companies? Yeah, I have a bunch of proprietary secrets on <laughs> how I leverage my time to um, to make sure everybody in my portfolio feels like they are um, getting help huh. um, and has access to me. And, you know, it's uh, people, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm reticent to share these incredible secrets, but here's one. I'll, I'll do a little teaser. Sure. If you, if you have lunch with six people, uh-huh. it's six times as effective as having lunch with one. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know it's crazy math, but uh, I will frequently have a jam session with five or six of my founders and we'll hang out and talk about our businesses and now they've now got five other people that they can go to to get help. Hmm. And uh, we all hang out and talk shop. And um, I host events like the Scale Conference coming November 14th and 15th here in San Francisco. And I invite 95% of the people coming to come uh, for free who are founders. And then of the 55 speakers, probably 20 of them will be my portfolio companies. And of the um, – you know, 100 companies at the founder investor speed dating we're doing, again, 15 maybe based on merit to 25 will be my companies. Hmm. So I create large scale and small scale events hmm. where groups of my founders can get together. Now, one thing I noticed that you do a lot of, of course, is public speaking. Is that something you enjoy doing or is that something you kind of learned as you along the way or tell me a little bit about that? I love intelligent conversations. I love debating. I love busting chops. Uh, I love mixing it up. And I thought about why is that? And I'll tell you, there's a couple of reasons. I grew up in Brooklyn, as you may or may not know. And we used to sit on the stoop. And we had nothing to do because we were broke. Hmm. We had to entertain ourselves. So what did we do? We sat on the stoop and we busted each other's chops Hmm. for hours a day. And um, my dad owned a bar. And I worked in the bar. And what you did in the bar was you sat on bar stools and you drank beers and you talked about the world and you busted each other's chops. And so, you know, listen, I, I'm a high extrovert. I get energy out of conversations. We're having this conversation right now. I'm taking notes of blog posts that I want to write based on things that got triggered in this conversation. When I come out of a great conversation, I have 10 times more energy. Now, an introvert, they come out of a conversation, they have 90% less energy. They're, they're, they need to go recharge the batteries. Mm. Nothing recharges my battery like a great conversation. Mm. So I started doing a little bit more like TV work. I hadn't done that in a while. So I started doing CNBC. And when I'm on, people are just like, you're built for this. Would you like to do this full time? <laughs> you know, other networks are you know, like, hey, how about you come on here? And 
So, you know, it's it's something I love doing. And my podcast now is got, I think, four full-time people on it. And we have a, a Emmy Award-winning producer, Jackie. And we do 100 episodes a year. It sounds like you've sort of done it all. Obviously, you're an entrepreneur. You're an angel investor. You're a, you, Now you're a media mogul. You've got, you know, you interview. You have a talk show. Is there anything else? Is there anything you see in the future that you want to add to the mix? I mean, do you think about writing a book? Is there anything else that you yeah, would want to so. do? Yeah, that's a great question. Richard, you got some good questions over there. Yeah, so um, I, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm 45, and, um, you know, I, I probably got you know, whatever it is, 20 or 30 good years left in the tank. I don't know. People tell me the 60s are the new 40s and the 50s are the new 30s. I don't know if it's true or not, but um, I am writing my book right now. Oh. I'm writing a book. HarperCollins bought the book. Um, I got an absurd advance, like I just – got they they really threw a lot of weight behind the book um and it's going to be a bestseller i hope i'm really putting my heart and soul into it and i'm writing chapter and a half a week Uh, so i'll be done by the end of the year and will come out in july of next year and i'm so jazzed about writing the book that i actually have ideas for two more books and so i started writing just one page proposals and taking notes on those two other books and then you know, it's it, nobody asked me this question. So it's a good question, Richard. I, I am very fortunate, you know, in in the how I've done, and I, it gives you that existential, again, not crises, but existential bounty. And I, you know, I talk to my wife about it a lot. Like, what do we want to get out of these last thirty years of whatever forty years we're on the planet? And I really love what I do. I love working with founders. I like. Being, you asked me before about what do you like about it or whatever. You know, I like winning. I like having the product succeed. It's very, um, you know, it's very rewarding to have people love the product or service you built. It's very rewarding to win. It's very rewarding to have a financial outcome and be able to deploy that financial return in the next series of companies. It's this incredible flywheel. And so I want to I want to go harder. I want to do more. And also I've been thinking about investigative journalism and documentary film a lot. So before I leave this planet, and hopefully I'm here for a while, I would like to do a documentary maybe. Um, you know, I want to finish the book. And I just love investigative journalism. So I'd love to do some investigative journalism work where – We actually make a difference in the world and we investigate something important. Well, Jason, this has been a fascinating conversation. I really appreciate your taking your time out of your busy schedule. If you're when you come out with that book or do that documentary, you'll have to definitely come back and tell me about it. Thank you, Richard. It's been a pleasure being on the program. This is Richard Chu and Jason Calacanis. Thanks.